0: Well folks, we're on to our next section. We're moving on to the RFR 3.0 part of this whole video series. And with me to talk about RFR 3.0 is Gwen Blodgett and she is the RFR 3.0 project director. Gwen, welcome and thanks so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us.
1: Absolutely, I love talking about this project.
0: So before we kind of get into the project, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who you are and kind of how you came to um, RFR itself?
1: All right. So I am a former deep end, drank as much Kool-Aid as possible, evangelical Christian, Um, spent a lot of time in the church and just, you know, if you want more details on all of that, there is a basis of RFR you can look at, but uh, left it realized I was an atheist and didn't even know what the word was. I just realized I didn't believe in God anymore. And I had to go Google what that meant. I was. And uh, Daryl's book was one of the first things I found in my Google search to understand what everything meant now that I didn't believe God was a real thing. And uh, about two and a half years ago, I got to meet Daryl and a bunch of the RFR volunteers at the atheist convention in Cincinnati And after spending time with them, hearing their impact and understanding the mission even more, I was like, sign me up. So I started as a uh, agent. Then I started helping um, the helpline director. And then this project came along. Um, I am single, no cats, no dogs. (laughs) Um, Actually. The better way to say it is that the kids are grown, the dog died, the divorce is final, and I'm living my best life ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I can totally get behind that. Congratulations on all that. And and um, what do you do for um, uh, for work outside of RFR?
1: So outside of RFR, I manage a the business processes for a department of a large insurance company. And in that role, we manage software design changes, procedures, regulations, audits. Um, We deal with user interfaces, we deal with databases. So this project is, is similar to the type of things that I do on a daily basis.
0: Right in your wheelhouse. Yes. And then you also have a really fun podcast that you do or uh, video. Yes. What would you call it <laughs> every week? Every, yeah. Yes.
1: So, so one of the things that I discovered after leaving religion is that not only did I want to leave my religion behind, I like leaving my clothes behind. <laughs> I am, I am a nudist and I live in a nudist community and I host a radio show on nude radio called Gwen's Day. And uh, so every week it. I have a topic and songs and, you know, I try to always leave people with something to laugh about, but maybe something to learn. And I like planting critical thinking ideas in there because it's not a non, it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a secular program, but it's not a platform for um know my atheism or my lack of religion but i i do mention that i'm not religious on the program
0: yeah and folks if you uh check that out i think you'll have a lot of fun it's 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 a great little show well um let's let's move on talk about rfr 3.0 like so uh i can kind of sense just from the name that it's a maybe a software type of thing but what What is RFR 3.0? What, what is the whole purpose behind it?
1: So the name came about because as RFR has grown, and if you've heard Daryl talk about the origins, it was, you know, a, a little post about let's get together in the back room of an IHOP and 11 people showed up. Mm-hmm. And so over the life of RFR, we've expanded, we added the phone line, then added the chat line, then, you know, the support groups keep growing. And as RFR has grown, as the number of volunteers have grown, the IT infrastructure to support the volunteers and the activities of RFR are really more maybe mom and pop or working from my basement tools. And as we become more international, as we grow, we want to update those tools. The other thing is is that tools that are really what we need either are very expensive or they just don't exist. And so the project is designed to use volunteers who have these technical skills to build or customize the tools that RFR needs to really continue expanding and helping others.
0: So um, I know I'm kind of a little bit on the behind the scenes with my the program that I run with the support group director or the support groups and it seems like we have taken bits and pieces here and there to kind of to to serve our needs and then uh, we use slack uh, and, and that's great to connect but it doesn't really fit everything that we need and we have plugins to to kind of but it really isn't ideal and it's still a little kludgy and it, it feels like it's a, um, a learning barrier, an additional hassle for some of the volunteers to kind of um, get up to speed with that as well. And so for, from my hearing, this is going to be a customized type of platform that will do away with all of that and we'll just be able to just work within this, this, this custom made uh, system, is that right?
1: So that was the original dream. Mm. And as we have gotten into the project deeper, we have had to break it down into smaller bits and pieces. Um, So the current focus is improving the chat platform that we use with our agents. And we we just did our beta test in the production region recently. We're, I I think we might actually have this live by the end of the year. I'm I'm hoping I'm not jinxing myself, but I think that might be an RFR, you know, holiday present. Um, (laughs) While that is being wrapped up and finalized, we have a group working on a volunteer management system because one of the challenges that is out there is there is all these different systems keeping track of people and, hey, If you're a volunteer and you haven't heard from your director recently, reach out because sometimes the way the systems are right now, it's, it's kludgy as, as Eric just said. So um, don't be afraid to say, Hey, I haven't heard anything recently. Is everything, you know, Um, and we're working on fixing that. We're working, (laughs) we're working on having a database where we know what you've been trained for, what your interests are um it should even have like what languages you speak and so we can help plug people in better yeah
0: Yeah. right now in order to track uh, all, all currently we have like 64 support groups and about that many volunteers i have this massive spreadsheet and it is i've done the best i can to like navigate through it but it's it's not ideal at all it's it's still a spreadsheet
1: right (laughs) right and so we do we do have a database that the info will go in there there will be an interface so you can enter the info we are targeting being able to take your spreadsheet and start with what's in there and then um the beauty of having it in a database is you can pull whatever subset spreadsheet you need from there hey i just need you know i just need this group of people i just need the people who are doing this type of support group or i just need to know you know you can you can manage it a lot better um so that part is in progress uh, but i would be amiss to guess at a rollout date
0: well and I mean, this is a, starting creating something from scratch is a, a lot like it sounds easy. Okay. Just make this software platform. Of course you nerds know how to do it. You guys can take care of it real quick. Right. And uh, just get it done. But that's a myth. It takes a ton, a ton of work from what I understand right now. We're at uh, the tail end of 2021. And, and when did this all begin? When did this, and, and what was kind of the origins of this?
1: So the origins of this was a volunteer who had an IT background. His name was Chris. And during the pandemic, when we're all first shut down, he just started going, you know what? I think we could do something better. And he had a passion and a vision. He got the ball rolling on this. And he also was retired. Um, He was able to retire young. And so he probably put 80 to 100 hours a week in it. So yeah. we were we were moving along at a really good clip. Um, and sadly, um, after the project was initiated, we had things going. I mean, thankfully, we had a good, strong group of people who had been trained. who had caught the vision. Um, but Chris did suffer a heart attack uh, September of 2020. And uh, we lost him. But everybody who worked with him said, we're going to make this happen for Chris <laughs> because his love for RFR, his passion for improving the tools that volunteers have to do the work of RFR just knew no bounds. And so we have a team. We, we actually had to put a team of three different people together to attempt to replace half of what Chris <laughs> was doing. And, wow. um, and so that is probably the biggest reason we've had to slow down. So again, if any of you watching this are semi-retired with a love and 80 hours a week, you want to throw things in, please connect with me. We've got a home for you. Oh,
0: are, are this, so this is all done by volunteers? Is, is, yes. Before, yeah?
1: Yes. Wow. So for the nerdy group, we use GitHub to communicate. We've got a MySQL database. We are currently hosting our own server through a provider, and um, we've got a lot of dreams. And you know, I will say for you volunteers who you get done with your tech job and you want to do something different go ahead, take the chats, take the calls, we need those as well, run the support group. But if you're the kind of person who, even when you sign off from work, you're still tootling with the code on your computer and you're finding fun ways to do that, then you know, come on over and, and help us out there. We also have a huge need for supporting our secular therapy project. We really need some developers who wanna jump in and throw themselves at that. Um, Again, the challenges, the technology is always changing and every developer comes with their own style of development. So that's where my role comes in is trying to help merge all the different great ideas and all the different development styles and help create some synergy to move things forward.
0: So what I'm hearing is you basically are herding cats.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I do during the day too.
0: Okay. So, um, uh, so with the, some of the skills that you have, um, you, you may not necessarily know how to do this programming work, but you definitely know how to manage the project and, uh, um, uh, put together the schedules and and the order in which things go and and checkpoints and milestones. Um, Is that about right? Right.
1: So while we have, we do have myself and we do have Jacques, who is the assistant project director now. And um, we also are in need of a volunteer coordinator. We have testers. We have people, we need people to write training materials. We have people Mm. we need to record, you know, promotional videos or informational videos. We need programmers who know Ruby on Rails or, um, you know, Java or any of the other different things. We need people who understand Slack. We would love to create a bot to reply to our chatters if a volunteer is not available. You know, again, we would be very upfront Hey, we're sorry, a live volunteer is not available. But you know, you know, I can either help you direct you to a resource, or I can help you pick a time to chat back. Um, you know, but we need the volunteers to help with those spaces. I love it. Well,
0: um, I kind of, I think I get the idea of of this project, um, and it sounds like the timeline has kind of extended. Uh, just as we had um, volunteers come and go and uh, based on whatever skills uh, that the, the volunteers we did have work in um, had, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> English is... <aside. Yeah.
1: laughs> yes, it's, it's just challenging. The, I think the one advantage I have is, you know, I do this for my paid job mm-hmm. and I have a team of paid developers and paid analysts and projects still take twice as long to get in and oh, encounter hurdles. Good. And, you know, so when you factor in that this is volunteer and we have we do have a somewhat turn, usually because what happens for a lot of our developers is that, you know, things are slow at work and then all of a sudden a new client comes in or a new project comes in and now they're working 60 hours at work and they just yeah. don't have, you know, time to give us. Yeah. And we keep the same principle as RFR that your personal life, your work comes first. We are happy with whatever you're able to give to us.
0: I love it. Well, I think I've got the overall idea. Um, uh my instinct is to ask like hey when when will things be rolled out but you kind of made it really clear like it just really depends on the volunteers and um uh things normally just take twice as long even if they're getting paid (laughs) yes (laughs) well what uh what what do you think that i uh i haven't asked that you think should be important uh, for folks to know
1: Well, you know, the one thing I'm thinking about is just the really cool connection that people have been able to make with each other on the RFR team. So a lot of the volunteer positions are very um, independent. You know, you're, you're one person taking a chat or you're one or two people hosting a support group or doing some research. For our development team, uh, we get together every week for an hour, hour and a half, and talk about where we're at and what's going on. And so I've been able to form some really strong friendships with some of the development group. And I know there's been other friendships that have formed as well. Now, that hasn't happened for everybody who's joined the project because either they're not available then or you know, they had other things come up in their life. Um, we also, we lost our volunteer coordinator and I'm not great at remembering who I talked to <laughs> last. So I need this volunteer management system as bad as everybody else. Um, <laughs>
0: Got it. Well, thank you, Gwen. Um, Before we wrap up, uh, what has this volunteering been like for you? I know you talked briefly about the uh, great connections and friendships that you've made, but uh, have you gotten anything else out of just volunteering for RFR in general and and specifically for this program, RFR 3.0? So in
1: in general, I found that being a volunteer for RFR, um, for me, with my background, it gives me a chance to give back, and and I know that, you know. I, I don't want to use the term paying penance for what I did, but you know I was recently reminded of just how many. Well, actually, I was, I'll just say the whole thing. You know, you can edit it out if you don't want it. But <laughs> when I when I was at the uh, excursion. I had the privilege of being the MC for all of the different events. And it was very much like work I'd done when I was drinking all the Kool-Aid. And it was just wonderful to use those skills for something that wasn't harming people, mm. but it was also a reminder of the people that I had harmed. And so and then to find the resources to help me deal with and work through those things as well. You know, so it's, it's, it's like this, like yin yang type of thing. Like I, I'm getting to use skills in a positive way and I'm connected to resources to help me kind of get past some of the things that I regret about my former days.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Well, Gwen, Thank you so much for, again, taking the time and sticking around to talk with us. And I really, really appreciate you uh, taking the lead on this project and making it happen because I'm excited for it and I can definitely see uh, how both needed and um, uh, just how awesome it's going to be when it's fully rolled out. So thanks for all your hard work on that.
1: Well, thank you, Eric. And again, you can find me on any of the many Slack channels we have. So if you have other questions, do not hesitate to reach out. You may want to do it twice because there are so many Slack channels. I don't always notice the notifications from some of them.
0: <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's, um, that's what RFR 3.0 is. And uh, uh, stick around because we've got some more programs coming up uh, that uh, we'll be talking about too. Thank you.